da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, ma'am, fam. We got Goldfinch talk here on this episode. Thank God. Of Mad About Movies. And um, I don't know if you had guessed that we would be talking about this. <laughs> um, lucky you, because yeah. you're in the, in the minority of people who probably thought we would ever dedicate a full episode, 30 minutes of our lives, to talking about this movie, considering I haven't read the book. Um, Richard, I don't believe you've read the book. Brian, have you read the book? Have not, no. It's It looks like an awesome book. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, so at the outset, need to let that be out there. If you're listening to this for how the book relates to the movie in specific ways, you're not going to find that. But what you're going to find is three guys who like movies, believe it or not. Um, by the, some of the reviews Richard alluded to, you wouldn't think we like movies. Um, <laughs> what we thought. Of, what if this whole episode was just us being really bitter just like, <laughs> about mild critiques? Oh, freaking two stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do love the two-star reviews. We should say that. that two is stars favorite. is yeah. really special. Go, but give us five stars. Go for nice for us go for, for advertising. Go all the way to the one. I just yeah. two is, is what's funny to me. Yeah, um, exactly. Feel free to give us a one. Two will mock you. Yeah. Um, so the Goldfinch, a movie that we had circled earlier in the year uh, when yeah. we talked movie in the movie draft. This was kind of one of the outlier ones that has some star power behind it, has some name recognition behind it. Certainly has uh, success behind it when it comes to number of novels that it's sold and the success behind the source material. So this one had all the all the signs for something that uh, you would think would be um, well received, if not by the entire community of filmgoers, maybe by the people who know and love the novel. So, you know, they're hitting a very specific audience with this. Obviously, um, probably hoping for a lot more mass appeal than they got. Um, I don't know how, considering this is a two and a half hour movie. Um, it's a very, very strange movie in a lot of ways, and I'm excited to talk about that with you. But you know, I put I compare this to movies that we've talked about around this time of year, almost every year. Um, the Girl on the Train is one uh, murder on the Orient express was one a couple of years ago as well. These, uh, adult, um, adaptations, uh, you know, aimed towards the 35 and up crowd of these novels that are successful and they put them out in late September, early October, and they all have mild success and it's fine. And everybody moves on and everything's great. This was by far the worst one of those movies that we've seen. <laughs> um, I can't quite put my finger on why, because I can't say it's uninspired, because yeah. everybody involved with this obviously took this because they were fans of the source material, everything. Um, and so everybody had the right intentions going into this. It's just a classic case of it not working, you know? And I'm honestly surprised the screenplay got as far as it did or, you know, the production even got as far as it did because it just doesn't feel like a movie in any way. Um, it doesn't have the pacing of a film. Um, it's just a bunch of scenes assembled in a timeline 
there's no real coherence to there's no real arc to the story which is sad because you know the research that i did do after the movie on theo and everything it's a really interesting story and it's really well told and it's a shame that it's not more well told here but you know it's it's to me it's a case of everybody going in with the right intentions and the most disastrous results happening at at the uh, at the end of it and you know the stars haven't made it much better they've all kind of publicly denounced the project since then um saying i think nicole kidman has said she was disappointed with it uh sarah paulson said she wished it would have been an hbo series or like a seven part thing where they could have really dug into the material more and so that's not what you want and mm. you know despite all that this thing made two million dollars i i Oof. Yeah, I was blown away at that. I mean, we like to say all the time that, you know, we're in the minority of people who pay attention to this type of stuff, you know, negative reviews, buzz, um, all that kind of thing. But $2 million, I mean, that you would think just the people that knew what the Goldfinch was or, oh, Nicole Kidman's got a movie coming out or, oh, Ansa Elgort was really good in this thing that I saw, would have gone and saw saw this and it would have made more than that um it's honestly surprising i i can't believe it it made two million dollars i never never would have expected that no i did i expect it to be good not necessarily but i never would have expected it to make two million dollars even if it was five percent on Rotten tomatoes i thought this would make money at least the first weekend just because of name name recognition and uh and all of that but um man don't know where to start with this one much but uh brian take over from here yeah, you said a lot of stuff that I, I'm totally, totally on board with. It's, you know, we make these schedules as far out and just from the show standpoint, kind of a little inside base, but we, we make the, sh- the schedule out as far in advance as I can. And then we kind of revisit as it gets within a month or two. And, and I'm totally with you. I thought this may not be a movie that I'm going to love or dig, and it may not even be good, but it's got kind of a built in audience and, um, it should make 10 or $12 million and finish, I don't know, second or third at the box office. And that's fine. We got to have content. That's, we'll talk about that. I was, I didn't know until this evening that, uh, that it had only made $2.6 million and just had completely lost it as far as it's, uh, it's kind of cultural relevancy. That was a shock to me because this book, it feels like this book was everywhere the year that it came out like i just couldn't it felt like i couldn't talk to a human being who wasn't reading gold the goldfinch at that time and i expected some of that to carry over to the movie and it did not not did, did not do that at all um i saw a lot of people our friend our friend adrian on on twitter and and others too kind of shared the the sentiment of sarah paulson that this is like a 770 page book and it needed to be a miniseries not uh not a movie I would certainly agree with that over this movie. You know, like I don't this this movie is a real mess and but I think you're right Kate. like it's we see a lot of we see a lot of bad movies over the the years that we've done this <sighs> thing. We've seen plenty. Plenty of bad movies and um a lot of times you can just you can be like gosh, this was this was a disaster from from the from minute 1 of pre-production this was this was a disaster and sometimes it's just like well it just wasn't very good or it wasn't very inspired uninspired or something like that this one is like i mean everybody involved this is a, a 
pretty pretty good assemblage of talent, right, on screen and off screen, and everybody I think is trying their hardest. There's some ambition to the movie, and there's there's a lot that's that's happening. That's like I, you know, it's it's almost like a it's almost like you can just applaud the effort, which is rare for a movie that is as bad as this is. I feel like it just, usually we can come in here and be like, gosh, this was, this sucked. And it's because of this, this and that. And this one, it's just like, well, it's bad because of here's some of the things that we're going to point out. But all of those things, even in their badness feel like, well, it was an honest effort. It wasn't just a complete crap show from the, from the get go. Um, I, you know, if I'd maybe if we'd read the material, one of us, we'd have a better understanding of like why people gravitated towards this so much and how it could have been told. I would say that is the biggest problem that I have with the movies that the layout of the film and the way that it um, tries to tell its nonlinear story is very clearly um, there's way too much packed into this book that they're trying to disseminate into it two and a half hour movie that felt like a seven or eight hour movie. I mean, this was like one of the most unbearable film experiences I've had in a really long time. Just sitting there, just like, please God, let this end. I just want to go home. This is, this is just such a drag. Um, so maybe that would have changed things if you go the mini mini series route and kind of tell this story in a little bit more straightforward way. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I guess I, I would say, I mean, I, I get, I think it has some ambition and I applaud the, the effort, but goodness, what a, what a, what a bad movie. And, and, and despite how many movies there have been this year that have disappointed, that have been underwhelming or lackluster or whatever, I haven't seen too many that are just straight bad movies, like bottom five, bottom 10 of the year, kind of terrible movies. But but this one sure is. This this one definitely makes that list, I think, at the end of the year. But uh not great. Not great. And certainly not what anybody involved with this was was going for. Um what about you, Arby? Where you stand? F minus oh, we're not there yet? Okay. <laughs> um the the uh yeah, this one's weird because it's uh it it seems you know, I didn't really follow this as much as I, I normally would. You know, this is the kind of movie that we all pine for. This like yes, forty absolutely. to forty to seventy million dollar movie like Ken said, movie for adults. Not an adult movie, but uh but a, a movie that you go well, to <laughs> I was so good there and I and then you <laughs> had to just bring your filth, Kent. Um no, but like this is the movie we all want, you know, and, and, and so much of this kind of content, as you, you alluded to earlier, Brian, is, is is on streaming platforms now and stretched out, especially if it comes from a book. You know, the the, the great uh, – the cool thing about these limited series now is that you can properly adapt a book or at least more properly so than than one could, you know, 10 years ago when it had to, had to be a movie, when it was either Grey's Anatomy or a film. You know, there was no – the limited right, series right. thing model didn't really exist, and now you can tell a story over six, eight, ten episodes, and and really get into all the stuff of a book. And so, 
you know, this is, but, but, but when you hear this is being adapted by a movie and they put real money, rather adapted into a movie and they put real money behind it and it's not a little $3 million indie and it's, it's, this is a movie like, you know, this is what we used to go see. It's such a bummer when something like this fails because it, it, mm-hmm. we always talk about it, Brian. It's like, it just, it disproves that model to an extent, but also like if it was good, it would make money. It's like, just make good stuff and, mm-hmm. It will figure out a way to be profitable. That isn't always the case. MacGruber, <laughs> perfect example. Uh, but no, but for the most part, good stuff makes money. Bad stuff loses money. It's one, you know, a lot of, oddly, as, as convoluted as as media can be, it's one of the most meritocratist. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but uh, meritocratist uh, things in the world is that like good content tends to be. Uh, make more money than bad content, and that's a good thing. And this just sucked. I mean, this was uh, – I could see – I haven't read this book. I, mean, I was really interested in the book and, and just haven't gotten to it. I don't read a ton of fiction. Um, and so I read probably like seven novels a year, and so this is getting there. Those but I have all James Patterson books. Obviously. Right. And Daniel Silva. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but – only James Patterson where he's wearing the hat on the back cover. Mm-hmm. If he's not wearing a hat, right. I'm out. That's when you know he phoned it in. But yeah, so I haven't gotten to this yet, and I, I don't know if I will now. It sucks because this movie, you know, it's like it did kind of ruin that for me. Who knows? But but I can see where this would be an interesting novel with the sort of flashes and everything, um, and I can see how it would be difficult to adapt, certainly in two hours or seven hours or however long this was. <laughs> um and I can see it's just a bummer that they tried and tried this poorly. And it's a bummer for me more in a macro sense of like, I want, I don't need a ton, but can we get four to six $40 million movies that are interesting and thought provoking a year? And this just really kicks that in the nuts. It's Amazon, right? That did this. I mean, yeah, they, it's a, it's a weird, sorry. I mean, no, go ahead. By all means, it's a co-production and there okay. are, that's another reason why it's kind of a book. Because you're totally right. Like it's the things that we want. This is the kind of movie that we really want more of. And also, um, they went the the uh, producers of the movie went out and they it was I think it's Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers was like I mean we'd love to be in this but of we're course not it is that's why it 40, sucks yeah I know we're not going to give you forty million to do this and they went to Amazon essentially and said how what would you be willing to co-finance this and so that's an in, that's the mo- honestly because this movie turned out to be such a bummer that's the most interesting part of this whole thing is that instead of Warner Brothers making financing the film and then selling the uh the licensing rights for you know in-home stuff to HBO or whatever they they co-produced this co-financed it and then Amazon will get to put it on Prime you know, in like a week when this is out of theaters or whatever. But it was a really interesting way to go about getting this movie made. And now you're going to be like, well, it didn't work for Goldfinch, so we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like it really sets a bad precedent for an interesting way to get more movies like this yeah, to totally. us. So, sorry. Anyway. No, 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 no. By all means, so it, that's a real bummer. I, you know, it, hopefully there'll be something later this year that's a real runaway. What was the, What's the Joker budget? Um, it's like it seventy like or thirty. It was like thirty or fifty. Oh, it's less. It was like a low. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was one of those things. Like Todd Phillips came to them, said, "Hey, I got this idea for Joker. Yeah, can I have thirty million? And they're like, "Okay, yeah." 
Google has it at 55. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's, it's not slightly much. higher um, than this, but hopefully that's success. I mean, again, that's a, that's a character that mm-hmm. a lot more people are familiar with than the goldfish, most likely, but. Goldfish? But that that'll yeah the goldfish the, that, but that the flavor blasted yeah. if they had flavor blasted this I yeah. was all in <laughs> flavor blasted goldfish yeah that was my problem with it it wasn't flavor blasted new I needed that pure salt flavor um, but uh, yeah no so so that's that's a that's a bummer hopefully we'll have a couple more uh, experiments in this budget. Mm-hmm. In the rest of the year that are successful to to not scare people off because you yeah. know as as a thirty two year old dude like this is the kind of stuff I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like I'm don't I'm not a snob. I like a good Marvel movie, but we have six of those a year or whatever. You know, I like the idea of going to the movie and mm-hmm. not not crazy French. You know. Right. Uh, $1.5 million budget art films, but like something kind of in the middle there. We don't get that much anymore. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's a bummer. This wasn't better. Sorry. I've talked too long. You're absolutely right. If they would have flavor blasted this, it would have been pizza flavor blast. That's going to be my rotten tomatoes <laughs> review. <laughs> my blurb. Please do that. What if when he finally did pull off the, the newspaper for the first time and looked at it, it was the the fake painting. It was a picture of a flavor blasted goldfish. That's, I mean, it's just the goldfish art. from the Mike Myers version of Cat in the Hat. That's it. Just the weird, yeah, the, or the three eyed, the three eyed. <laughs> yeah, that's that thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, and man. the score is really weird there too. It's like you know when he looks at it and it closes in real fast. Yeah. I'm in, honestly. That's two letter grades better right off the bat. You know, Brian, I thought this was a bad movie. Um, yeah. uh-huh. But I did not think this was a sub 20% on Rotten Tomatoes type of film. I thought it was just something that fell flat. Um, really good intentions. People giving it their all. You know, also Elgort trying to do the best of what he could. The little kid actors all doing their thing. Uh Finn Wolfhard doing some Russian accents. Like, everybody's giving it their all. Like, dude, like, we're doing this thing. And it just didn't work. And I'm just surprised that, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, we're familiar with it. It's it's a recommend or don't recommend. And 99 out of 100 critics are not going to recommend this based on what we've talked about. The fact that it's unbearable (laughs) to watch and all that. But, like, when you're watching this, I mean, this thing is shot by Roger Deakins, good director, everything, like, Mm -hmm. you would think... 90% 90% of people would be totally fine with this movie and not and not see anything wrong with it. Does that make sense? Can I, I here's my pushback to that cuz yeah, I I think it's one you would like Kent cuz you are so technical. No, You'll I was talking about stuff. the technical. I'm not talking about well, the, like technical the Deacon's stuff. part of it. The Deacon, stuff. Deacon's part was great, but like I was really in, interested in like and again, I had no familiarity with this with this property other than loosely knowing the the Theo storyline, right? Mm. But I I really like the story of the painting and the fact that the painting like lasts through generations, like the kind of cloud atlas thing of it's surviving tragedy and and people, you know, it means there's something kind of spiritual about it, you know, and art in general, and it's kind of a um, a satire for that, you know, and I like that, and I'd like, and you mentioned it, Ryan. Um, I like the reveal of him 
finding the painting or not finding the painting. I didn't know that about that. And I was like, wow, that's a really good or should have been a better moment. Right. But like, there's so yeah. much about this that like, I was intrigued by it, you know? And I was like wondering why isn't this working the whole time? Because like the individual parts aren't bad, but the whole is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, it's like a pie. That's every part is made of like a different candy. It's like chocolate candy <laughs> and fruit candy, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to, put some M&Ms and some Skittles and like individually they're great. But when you eat them together, it's like the most deadly disgusting thing you've ever had in your mouth. That's what it felt like. This is, yeah. this is the, the movie equivalent of putting Skittles and M&Ms in your mouth together and eating it. That's, that's my blurb for rotten tomatoes. <laughs> that's perfect. I was, I was there for about an hour of like, this is not good, but it's not horrendous. It's not the end of the world. And look, that's, it's, it's Deacons. He's doing cool stuff with the camera, and and yeah, if you if you're just grading on intention and and try hard, they they all are trying really hard on screen, and um and maybe we're not cast correctly or we're not giving good direction. I want to talk about his air, whatever his name is, and his facial expressions later. But the after a bit after a while, I got to a place where I was like, I'm actually angrier that. Roger Deakins is shooting this so beautifully because the rest of it, it's not just his part, but like, you know, Joe Carl, he's a good director and there's talent on screen. It just, it started to feel not just like, man, this is a waste, but like, I don't know, like, what if Roger Deakins was directing a cricket wireless commercial? You know, it's like, this is so bad. Why is Roger Deakins part of this? Like, it started to make me angry that it was, that that part of it was so, was good and that, the talent assembled for this is pretty is pretty high quality, and then they're just doing this movie that's kind of I wouldn't even say that it's bleak, but it's just kind of unrelenting in its and its blurness, you know. And it's yeah, it's bleak. Just, you just kind of you sit in this world. Where I'm like, I don't want to spend uh, two and a half hours in the world that has been created here, at least in the way that it is presented. I, you're right, Kent. Like maybe the maybe the, the most interesting part. I, maybe that's hard to say. Best no, and then I had to come myself. The most in, I don't even not interesting. Yeah, it's not interesting. You can't go the, there either. The stuff about the the goldfinch and its history that's really cool. That should have been in the first twenty minutes of the movie to to hold that until the last almost the last twenty minutes, and then to like drop it in there as like a recur it was it was treated as if that was a recurring theme of the movie and it super was not a recurring theme of the mu- the movie but it definitely could have been i don't know man it just again part of it is the intent like gosh you, you tried hard guys but you look i would think that looking at this script before we ever got into production you could say Hey guys, this script doesn't work. Like you tried, you 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 This doesn't. This isn't a movie. Yeah, like yeah, this is a script, not a but movie. it's not a movie. Totally, it's totally it. It's 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 you have seven different twenty minute pieces that don't really feel connected, and you're gonna try and string them together, but there's not any connective thread to do that. And the 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 time shifts are very jolting, and. But also, man, it's just not interesting. It's not interesting. And I think that's a big... And I, again, I don't know anything about the the source material. 
Um, I had a couple of people who I really trust opinion wise on, on books who read this and were just like, it's, it's terrible. I don't know how so many people are enjoying it. And that like, not to say, Oh, two people told me it's bad. So it's bad. It's just from what I gathered, I was like, I just, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this book. And then the movie, same, same kind of thing. It all comes out in the movie. Just like, gosh, this is, it's just not an enjoyable. And that sounds super shallow. I don't, I don't need movies and books and TV to be, um, peppy and happy and and happy fun time all the time, you know. But I do need if it is going to be bleak, if it is going to be dour, if it is going to be this kind of um hard. St- I texted Richard during the movie. I was like, this reminds me of the on Thirty Rock, the Tracy Morgan movie that he did to win the Oscar, the hard to watch movie or whatever. It's just like golly, it's like it's a fake like Tropic Thunder trailer. Yes, yeah. totally. I mean, look, the gold we about, yeah, we talked about Shawshank Redemption last week in the VIP, and that's a movie that has some really, really dark things that happen, and it it stays in that place for a while, and yet it is also hopeful, and it's an interesting story, and you really care about the characters. And maybe if you read the book, you felt that way in the book, or you wanted to feel that way in the movie, or you did feel that way. I don't know. But for me, I'm like, gosh, I don't, I don't give a rip about any of these characters and the themes and the stories and all that. It's just not, it's not interesting enough to to keep me on board in the midst of all this just ugh, slogging through. Kind of, it's not even melodrama because it's all really dramatic stuff, but just so much drama that doesn't really amount to anything for me. Yeah. Uh, Richard, any rebuttal? <laughs> Certainly no rebuttal. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know, we do this every once in a while. There'll be a movie that's that's bad to mediocre to whatever, and, and we'll say, you know, this was great at X, but it was, it was, it felt, at least it was short, and I bump it up a letter grade because they got it. And this felt like, like Brian said, 14 hours. I mean, Everyone, I, I, we had we've had several friends tell us, you know, this would have been better as a, as a limited series. Are we sure it wasn't already a limited series? I just had to sit there for <laughs> what felt like seven hours. Um, no, I'm sure you know where you could break it up and things like that. But, but yeah, I mean, this was just unrelentingly long, and you know, for for that kind of, I think what Brian was saying, just to to piggyback a bit, is for something to be that sort of bleak and unfun not everything needs to be Hobbs and Shaw I get that but it better it does the degree of difficulty on some it better be pretty darn good mm-hmm. if yep. if something's gonna be that you know Schindler's List isn't a a, a barrel of laughs but it's such a great film mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is not but with that same kind of you never know you Don't. can't what's gonna be more depressing minute to minute and, and it's just mm-hmm. that's just a hard thing for me to forgive as not just a critic but but as an audience member. Yeah. What's the payoff for all this? You know? That's that's what I kept saying to myself. At what point what's the payoff gonna be for for what I have just put myself through for this whole this whole movie, you know? Yeah. I, I totally feel ya and that you know, sometimes that happens and Yeah. And um we gotta kinda React accordingly, which we're doing. Um, <laughs> let's let's uh, double back on something you said earlier, Brian. <clears throat> also, Elgort, uh, no charisma, in my opinion. Don't like him. Don't don't not a fan. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I liked him in Baby Driver. I liked Baby Driver. I didn't like necessarily 
him in the I, think I thought he was kind of like punchable if that's the word. But. <laughs> I love Baby Driver and I liked him in Baby Driver. I don't I'm trying to look through his IMDb and I I mean I don't know that there's ever been anything else that I've liked him in. So maybe he's the worst of the all I didn't like him as Han Solo and Taron Egerton's or Elton John. I didn't like him as Taron Egerton's by far the the best of of yeah. that that group. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree with, if I could tell the difference, I'd be able to yeah. to agree or disagree. Um, no, like I just, I don't know that this is the right. No, I'll, I'll let's go stronger. This is not a good role for him. Period. If maybe he's good, maybe he's not. I don't know, but I know this is a bad role for him because it it required a level of charisma for sure and just like being it's hard to act in the quiet spaces you know it's hard to fill scenes in which yeah. you're not really saying anything or certainly not expressing anything with your you know language wise with with what you're saying it's really hard to do that and some people can do it and some can't and i would just say gosh he he can't and so he's just filling it with so many facial expressions that don't quite fit the mood. It's like it'd be like if if <laughs> if you're watching The Office and something really funny happened and they cut over to Jim for a facial expression and he's like farting or something. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But some of the stuff that he was doing on screen did not match. Or excuse me, his facial expressions did not match what was happening with the, with the the narrative and stuff. And so he's just trying really hard to emote with his eyes and it just it, it it fell it fell very flat to be fair you know nicole kidman's been very good in in stuff in the past and she she uh, whispers i know too much why, whisper talking why can't she have to talk like this and everything and every right. single like nicole Gosh. nicole can you yeah can't hear you can you this is what i do though Oh, okay. All right. Well, guess, <laughs> yeah. guess that'll do then. It's just, it's just, just kind of frail in her voice. Yeah. It's, it's like why? Kind of and Jeffrey Wright, I think, is a very talented actor that I've enjoyed in a he lot. He was of the stuff. best part of this, in my opinion. I hated him in this movie. I just like early, late, later in the movie. Absolutely, I was with him. But in the the beginning, it was so much of that. Was like, yeah. dude, you are putting, you are straight up putting me to sleep. This is so, <laughs> so quiet and lame and boring and. That kid, Oaks Fagley, I thought he was really good in, in uh, Pete's Dragon a few years ago, and I actively wanted to punch him on screen. <laughs> like, I just, it was so, he was unbearable to me. Finn Wolfhart, same things. That, that accent was, that should have never gotten to a screen. That's, and I don't want to be, like, I don't, I'm not accent guy. I'm like, oh, it's not 100% authentic or anything. I don't really care that much, but that, was a horrendous Russian accent, and that that should have been the type of thing where where somebody says, "Hey, we're gonna we're either gonna recast him or we're gonna cut the the Russian thing. We're gonna make this him not Russian, okay? Because he can't yeah. do this. He can't do it. We'll refigure that part of the cut out the whole something. Boris thing, and then like, yeah, he has gosh. a flashback to a friend, and he does drugs, yeah, and that's just, how. Like, that's yeah, the only reason Boris is in the movie is like right, right. because he's the guy who inf- makes him go down a bad path. Like, okay, we get it, got it, cool. Yeah, let's move. No, totally let's, yeah. agree. Totally agree. And it's just, it's just really, really difficult to to stay with. So all that to say, Ansel Elgort, he may be a, I don't know, maybe he's a great actor. 
I'm saying what my point is, he was in no way, shape or form put in a position clearly in which he was going to be able to to come through and do what was being asked of him. It's just it, I don't think it was possible, given that all these other actors and actresses that we've seen do really good stuff were all, I think, uh, misused or directed poorly or whatever the case may be. None of them were good. And all of them have done good stuff in the past. Even Sarah Paulson, who, you know, is really good in a lot of stuff and is in every movie and every TV show. And, and this, you're just like, Ugh, what, are, what is she doing? This is just kind of a waste of her time and mine as well. Yeah, I definitely felt that way, man. It's, uh, whew, this was one of the most boring <laughs> affairs. Yes. I mean, it's not, yes. I mean, in a movie... Sometimes sweeping novels just should not. I mean, we we talked about it at ad nauseum already, but mm -hmm. sometimes the sweeping novel that captivates the world should never, never be a thing on the screen. This should have yeah. never. This they first of all, they could have maybe spared some of the backlash had they pulled this from Toronto Film Film Festival and been like, "Sorry, guys, mm -hmm. not done. Mm -hmm. We're not. We don't want to wait for the premiere in Hollywood." It's yeah. not gonna. It just got eviscerated. At <laughs> when you're putting this against actual good movies, you yes. know that people yes. are proud of, and mm -hmm. uh, you know mm -hmm. can win awards. Uh, this is whew, it was dead in the water. Mm -hmm. That's that was the first kind of reactions and backlash yeah. started to come Absolutely. out of that, and that that was the studio's fault. You know, Amazon, Warner Brothers, whoever should have should have seen that coming. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There's no way this did well in test screenings, you know? And at some point, you just kind of have to not necessarily cut your losses, but mitigate the losses for sure. And putting it at TIFF and instead of just being like, hey, we're going we're gonna to move this to February or something, probably would have been a better Probably would have been a better. Put decision. it on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, look, they just they spent. <laughs> Come they, on, they Amazon. Just, do that. Throw it on there and be like, that's right. oh, not great, but it's well, free on Amazon. And yeah. Yeah, whatever. That may, that may have helped, but they they probably overspent a little bit. But I, for me, again, having not read the book, I would say that this just just from what the the themes of this movie and and what is what is on screen, I would just suggest it's not filmable. It's not a movie. Yeah. It's not a, a book that's going to translate to a film. And if it is, um, I would say you need to cut out. Um, a lot of the the side stories, yeah. whatever that may be, streamline characters, kind of make them take two storylines and pare it down into. You're one saying you don't want whatever. Luke Wilson in this movie? Gosh, man! God, he was that so was bad. So some bad. sprint commercial level <laughs> or whatever he did. What was this? Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah, that's I, I totally. It's not. It's not great, but yeah, you, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna make this a film, you're gonna make this a two or two and a half hour movie. I would have said if they would have asked me, and I have been offering my services. Um, I would have said you got to cut out. You got ten stories that are going here. You need to cut six of them. <laughs> like let's let's streamline this because it ain't gonna work. It's not gonna translate the way you think it is. Clearly. Uh, speaking of. Uh... You know, just kind of the the financial aspect of what this movie did. Um, I'm going to name some movies that did better than The Goldfinch last weekend. The box oh, office. No. Angel Has Fallen. Mm -hmm. Good Boys. 
The Lion King. <laughs> it's been out for three months. Hobbs and Shaw. Mm. And Overcomer, which overcame the Goldfinch at the hey box yo. office last Did week. You put your sunglasses on. In the <laughs> I already had them on the whole time. I only. <laughs> Kent rolls Kara Swisher yeah. style. <laughs> so, so to put it in context, um, the Peanut Butter Falcon made slightly less than this last weekend and dora dora made slightly less than this and dora has been out since literally august 1st i think um Mm -hmm. and um so that's kind of just to put it in context uh the the winners last weekend was it chapter two and hustlers um with 40 and 30 million respectively um coming this weekend is ad astra downton abbey and rambo so goldfinch will definitely be gone forever and, yeah. and we'll yeah. never probably talk about this until maybe bottom 10 of the year mm-hmm. conversation yep. comes up. But, um, man, this one was rough. It was, it, I had flashbacks to the counselor in this one. Yeah, I did too. I felt, yeah. I felt like somebody was trying to mix the counselor with boyhood. That's what it felt like. This <laughs> 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 with a, with a lot less, Windshields, thankfully. There's only yeah, that's what I was gonna say. There's only like two things I can remember from the counselor. And Bar- Bardem's one face is, is the best. And, yeah, uh, Bardem's face is. It's worth sitting through that movie just to see Bardem's expression. Man, what a in weird. the windshield. It's like Cameron surprised him with that. Yeah, like he didn't know. Like, all right, I'm not going to tell you what's about to happen. Right. <laughs> it's not Cameron. It's a uh, really Scott. Uh, yeah, really Scott. But um. Oh my gosh, the, that, was unbe- that was oh yeah. I just flashed back the to the movie that. that took Cameron Diaz from us. Oh, Cameron, Cameron. sorry, I thought you meant James that. Cameron. My no, movie. yeah, no, no, I know. I'm sorry, that was confusing by me. But the movie that took Cameron Diaz from us is mm. it was it will always be remembered. <laughs> she never, Ooh. never. She was like, I'm good. No, it's so weird. Yeah, just I'll like, do Annie, um, and then I'm out. <laughs> A couple of scarring experiences there, I guess. Oh. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up Goldfinch talk um, for good. We might be the only podcast that dedicated <laughs> so weird. this much time. So weird, man. I honestly thought this would be like Oscar, like if not like in contention, it would like make some money and there'd be some good performances in it. And yeah. that you know, I mean, ooh, there. Yeah, this is this is total at fault of the studio. I've, I blame no, I don't blame the director. I don't blame anyone. This is the this is the studio, completely I, the I producers. Do. I blame director and writer. This is for some of this. That's, I blame this the producers. Horrible. The producers. Story. It's the producer's job to tell the director and writer, hey, yeah, we true. need to do a rewrite. Hey, yeah. we gotta cut this down. Hey, we you know. I thought that I thought I mean, it's well shot and everything. It's just like man, <laughs> yeah. it's just like. I can't believe the editor was sitting in the room just like, all right, let's watch this back. And just like, all right, let's just, you know, keep going with it, I guess. I guess it's maybe one of those things like the Phantom Menace where you put it all together and you sit in there and you're like, well, it's too long and I can't take anything out because one thing leads to the next. And, you know, it's like, you, oh, you just, oh. But, yeah, they should have have, uh, spared him at least the uh, criticism from, the uh, prestige film crowds, the film festivals, yeah, um, and the embarrassment, man. I just feel, I feel bad for the honestly, like 
they're going to just going to get questions about this for the rest of the year. So the goldfinch, eh? you know, like you mentioned, Nicole Kidman, like she's having kind of a Kidman renaissance right now with Big Little Lies and has some uh, some movies um, that are doing pretty well. But whew, this is going to be hard to avoid this one at the uh, Razzies this year. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the old age makeup, like her lip was like. A mu- it was like a mustache of like wrinkled skin that they applied to her to make her look old. Oh, it was, I could not stop staring at it. It was pretty it was, cringy. It was woo. Yeah. All right, this is a goldfinch. We're gonna grade it out here. Um, I've got the stamp ready, and it's got ink on it. <laughs> F minus minus minus. Boom. Stamp. Boom. Patented. Nice. The goldfinch. All right, F minus 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 for me as well. Oh, I'll yeah. send you. I'll send you a check. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you a stamp so you can stamp. Sweet, thank you. Triple That's F minus 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 minus. Wow, we did it, guys. <laughs> By the way, let's I'll- hurry, Kari, and get out of here. <laughs> we 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 mentioned iTunes reviews uh, earlier, I think. Oh, and this guy, the, the guy that said our grades weren't real grades is my favorite. It's like, there's, there's no such thing as F minus minus minus. Like, yeah, yeah, we know it's, that's the joke. It's the bit. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm done. Um, but I want to tease to the VIPs, Pulp Fiction talk. Mm. Um, and we just did Shawshank Redemption throwback 25 years for both of those movies we did we did shawshank already it's available if you want to subscribe now download it listen to it right now you can do so madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip do that and uh next week this weekend well the pulp fiction episode will be dropping and also vips get those questions ready for our ama uh that'll be probably next week as well so get those questions popping and and literally ask us anything. We like the off the wall questions. Those are more, it, it, the more off the wall it is, the more likely it is to be asked. I'll throw that out there. We're tired too. of talking about movies is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. We, this, that, that's our chance. Hey, you've got us for 30 minutes. And if you pay us more, an hour. Ayo. Um, um, but yeah, that's the time's yours and, and do what you want with it. But um, until then, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter, bgil 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which will be out this week. Richard, where can I find you? You can find me all the same places and at Richard Barden on the social. Kent, where can I find you? At Kent Garrison on the Twitter and social. And find us at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. All our episodes or on there, blogs, movie drafts, American Treasures, everything we do and talk about can be found there 24 hours a day. And we'll see the patrons later this week to talk Pulp Fiction. Excited about that. But until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See you. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.